I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And on this episode of the Dune Saga Podcast, we're discussing National Lampoon's Dune. Or Dune. Dun, dun. D O O N. D O O N. By Ellis or the it, it, it should be called Doom. Doom, yes. Doom. Dumb. <laughs> dumb. dumb. I like dumb better. Every time I hear Doom, I hear the, uh, I think of like um, the, uh, the Ents marching to war. Oh, yeah. This will likely be our Doom. <laughs> or Casa Doom. Casa, Casa Doom. Well, we're we're definitely stepping down our, our level of uh, intellectual banter tonight, for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have, to, we have to, to match the level of this book. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I'll well, talk about anything but this book. How about that? All right. Synopsis. Go ahead. This is a National Lampoon's cover of Dune, obviously. With an insane premise that uh, Arrakis is a planet made of sugar. Arrakis. Arrakis. Yeah. Is, Arrakis is a ruckus, and it's a planet of sugar where there's no entrees. Everything's desserts. And the worms are giant pretzels, sentient pretzels. And spice is actually just beer. That bubbles up. Which isn't that far-fetched. I mean, you know, addicted to spice, you see people do all sorts of stuff. Right. I mean, right. Right. And everything revolves around the the, the sisterhood is um, all about, they're all chefs uh, <laughs> instead of witches. Well, if you want to argue, that's not terribly off-base. I mean, they were, <laughs> think of all the cooking they did to get that bloodline blood, blood right. They were, they were cooking the books. They were cooking the books. That's blood, right. Yeah. They were making the They know all of the re- recipes throughout all of known history. And- right. Wow. wow. Uh, <laughs> this book is insane. I don't know what else to say about the plot other than the, that's basically it. Good. Are we done now? Can we have uh, the we show? <laughs> okay. So, may shy Ganood. Clear yeah. the sugar path before you know. I right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, well, so let's do, let's do our overall impression and thoughts. But I believe we kind of get a hint. We're getting a hint of this already. But uh, David, let's start with you. Overall impression and thought of this book. Okay. Well, you give it to me first. So I have to be the first one to share. The you news. do. Do you want me to share first? Because I'm willing to share first. 
Yeah, you share first. I will share first. I I will share first, please. Um, this show would be so much better if I were a little bit tipsy on the borderline front <laughs> because I think that I would I would be able to speak more coherently about this book. Jim's nodding because he he agrees with me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Double scotch would go pretty good. Right it now. would indeed. So here's here, here's the thing about this book. Um, the I have two thoughts. First, I, I think that. Were we to do this again and put ourselves through this, uh, this would be better served, pun intended, uh, <laughs> right after reading the original Dune. Because then we'd have like – so part of the issue I had as I read through this is I felt too divorced from the actual events that happened in Dune because we had read, we'd, we'd read so much Dune since. But we had Spice World. As a, we did. As- but, but this book – if you rank this book better than Spice World, I'm walking. I'm walking – <laughs> don't 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 you dare do that because this book was uh was was just not my cup of tea. I did not like it. It didn't appeal to me. I got through if I am I will generously say a half, but you're lucky if you got me that far. <laughs> I did, I could not make myself finish this book. It just did not capture me. I guess I guess par- part of, part of it's my issue. And I know that because I don't typically I rarely read humorous science fiction mm-hmm. and i don't read parodies of anything i don't watch a lot of parody shows like space balls that may have been like the expen- the, the, the extent of my the parodies that i really have watched um and so for me like i'm i'm in throes of the mistborn trilogy by by brandon sanderson uh absolutely phenomenal it's deep i came out of the wheel of time even um armada and ready player one which had humor in it uh, were fairly serious dramas throughout. Mm. Um, and The Martian, which I absolutely loved and read three to four times last year. Um, and, uh, you know, while there was humor in it, it was a serious drama. Uh, pretty realistic, so I saw it. So getting into this, for me, was incredibly difficult. And so it may not be so much the book as it is me. It's not you, it's me. That's what I'm telling the book. Oh. It's not you, it's me. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. So, but anyways, so there, you have my thoughts. Okay. Go ahead. All right, all right, all right. Now all right, follow. All right, all right. Now your turn, David. Okay, so my thoughts in this book aren't quite as harsh as yours. However, I'm right there with you. I don't read parody books. In fact, I had to force myself to, like, sit down for this one pretty hard because – I don't like. I will watch a parody show way before I'll watch before I'll read a parody. Book. I would agree with that. Um, it's just it's easier to take in. A lot of times with like a, with a with a film or whatever, the humor can be found in like the small small details. In a book, it takes you three sentences to tell you about you know the little thing that that uh, happened or whatever. That's why it's funny. However, um, I didn't. Well, I didn't finish. I, I got a uh, little over three quarters of the way through the book. And once it got really, really heavy into beer philosophy is where I could not get myself to finish the book. I just, I, I have no, I don't, I can't drink beer cause I'm allergic. So I don't have any like connection to it at all. I don't know beer like terminology and stuff cause I don't care. 
because I can't drink it. So it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. However, up until that point, there was enough subtle things in it that, that I was really surprised how often I was chuckling out loud. Uh, and I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, I, I just, I hurt myself there. What? Just not. Huh? <laughs> that was outside of my body. Uh, um, yeah. So it's not the worst book in the world. However, if you're like me and Scott, and you don't like parody books. It's not for you. And yeah. if you're like me and you don't have like, and you don't love beer and Dune, then it's not for you. However, if one of us was like a micro enthusiast and loved Dune, this would probably be hilarious. You know, and let me just talk. And Jim, we're gonna we want to hear from you. So, I, but but uh, the for me, um, there's certainly I understand how this book really was a tribute. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about like we're all Yankovic, right? He he totally we're now. Obviously, the songs that he does are funny, and the, when they, if they, if he parodies a song, I mean that that song has risen to to a certain level of cultural status, and in a way, Dune gained cultural status. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings gained cultural status. It's so a National Lampoon so thought it was worth their while, based on this cultural status of this book, to write a parody in it. Right. Um, I think just the the language in it and the words that he used to like replace the Dune words. Just felt cumbersome to me. I think that was another issue that I kind of had with it. So this was 1984. What year did Dune? Dune was 70, 70, what? I want to say 76. Yeah. It It was published before that in serial form. Right. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, probably like book two, maybe three were out by this point. So Dune would have been on a good stride when this was released. Yeah. Jim, Jim, what are your thoughts? Okay. Um, I, I tell you what, uh, when I bought this book and I started thumbing through it and looking at different places in it, and I was, I was just laughing. The first thing I saw was the Baron hard charging and I, <laughs> and I said, Oh gosh, I got to read this. This is so much fun. And I tried, got through everything else I was doing and I was really, really looking forward to it. And then I started reading it. And I got a couple of chapters in and found myself just kind of, what is this? This is too much. Okay. The names of the characters, the way they parodied those names, uh, did, did make me laugh and kept me entertained. The story is what lost me. Exactly. Okay. The, the, the beer stuff and, uh, and, and the restaurant stuff and everything else. And and that just absolutely, it was like, come on, we could have done so much better than this. Um, I found I found the reading the book tiresome. Mm-hmm. I I could read so much of it, and then I had to put it down and get away from it because it just got, oh, I don't know, too too immersed in stupidity, and I just couldn't continue to read. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I did not, it's not something I would put on my top 10 list. Yeah. To say the least. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, yeah. I think the, the Jim, you kind of nailed a problem that I, I had as I read through the portion that I read. Do do you maybe this is a question more than a the the problem? But do you think that this boot book tried too hard as a parody book to follow Dune? I mean, I, do, 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 Dune is Dune is steep so deep into the philosophical mm-hmm. and and the world building so rich. Is it possible to do a parody at this level, Jim? I think that. Um, they they really tore apart. I'll tell you what. Whoever wrote this, if that if that's the actual person, I'd say they're brilliant because they dug all the way into that into Dune, and and absolutely tore everything apart, especially the philosophical points of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell that when it's like, oh, what was that scene where? Uh, Duke Lotto says, says, you are my, or you are my son and I am your father. And, you know, those obvious silly little turnaround things. Um, I, I just, I thought that was pretty clever, but it didn't ever get beyond clever. Mm. And, there were there were a couple of points with the book that I could not tell if they were parodying the book or parodying the nineteen eighty four movie. Mm. Mm. That's true. It, I'm I'm right there with you because I was surprised how in detail some things were, and then how totally off other things were. It just seemed it just seemed kind of one thing that I noted is that people don't die in this book nearly right. as much as in in the original. Yeah. Lotto uh, and, was and, exiled, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. And then even even like he doesn't kill whatever Janice's double is called. Uh he just walks out into the sand. And it's and then and then you'll turn around and you'll have another scene where they just they just off someone and it, and it's just kind of like Really, they chose to kill that character instead of, you know, instead of the one that's supposed to die. But now you have this kind of loose end. I don't know. It it bothered me because I don't know. It was a small thing that didn't matter, but it, it just bugged me. Um, it, yeah, as I said, it was clever. They probably could have done the same thing in fifty pages. Yeah. And and actually, as I read this thing, I felt more that I think I would have appreciated it and enjoyed it a lot more if they had done it in the uh, the magazine form, uh, like a comic book. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mad Magazine did with right. uh, with Star Trek and everything else. I, you know, I, I just didn't think it really, I, I just didn't like the novel that much. Yeah. This would make a great 10 to 15 minute SNL skit. And then oh, yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to say, me a great uh, coffee coaster. Yeah. But change it to something else. I mean, not restaurants and food. and It was just dumb. Yeah. 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 I will say, though, there were a lot of some of the some of the clever stuff really had me like enjoying it, which um, I thought the Rubik's Cube thing was kind of clever. Yeah. Um, I go along with that. 
Yeah. And, uh, I love the way the, ba- well, the first couple of times I love the way the Baron talked and how it was so redundant the way he kept saying that I'm the Baron, such and such, such the Baron, the Baron. And, and like he would get interrupted mid like uh, dialogue. Yes. That <laughs> did, that did. I found that very hilarious. Every time he'd start, and I, the Baron, and Peter would cut him off. Yeah. And now I came pretty close to, to finishing it. And I actually intend to hopefully finish it at some point, just out of curiosity, because I only have like 25 more pages or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, the scene, my favorite scene in the entire book was when, and, and I, in my mind, I couldn't even keep their, their fake name, their new names. When Thufir comes in to talk to the Duke and they have the whole conversation of like shorthand things. Like, well, you don't think, well, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, maybe if we do this, are you sure you want to? And it's like half sentences. And yeah. it gets to the point where both of them stop and they're like, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> From here that on out, a- we have to use full sentences. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sapphire half wit. Yeah, yeah, Sapphire Half, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that that was probably my favorite scene because the both of them are just like, let's from now on, let's just use full sentences <laughs> so that we can understand what we're saying. Uh, yeah. I, I loved that. I loved that scene. That I could see that scene play out in a in a Mel Brooks film, easy. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. Well, so uh, let's talk about some of the characters that stood out. These are our love characters, given these. Bastardized names, um, obviously done so in a way that's supposed to be loving. Uh, who stood out as characters in the way that uh, National Lampoon wrote Dune? I will say that Jessica, who was Jessica, they had her name spelt correctly several times in the book. Yeah, in fact, someone said I saw that 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 was a mistake. There were some times they actually spelled it as Jessica. Yeah, I thought that was hmm. like I, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so, um. Characters that stood out, I I liked the uh, was it Stillgard, Spillgard, yeah, Spillgard, Spillgard, and how he was just like he kind of like would point out what you were thinking, like here's this lady who talks really weird, and they'd be like, how, what do you mean? He'd be like, well, just let her talk for a second, and she would, Jessica would start talking. He's like, see, she talks really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was the he was the freedman man name of the hooch grabber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the hooch grabber. Yeah. So he, he was my favorite character that they cre- that they parodied. Uh, I do like the rubbed up mothers. <laughs> the rubbed up mothers. Yeah. Rubbed up, rubbed up mothers. Yeah. They were pretty rubbed up when you think of Dune. Mm-hmm. They were always like yeah. on the edge, especially when there's. Honor Matri came in. And anytime they called the Kumquat Hagen does. Kumquat I thought that name was very well done. Kumquat yeah, the, the Shanana Duke ma- Model T Kumquat Hagen does asshole uh, Moav, Moav Bib. Moav Bib. <laughs> and how the re- the revved up mothers were like, oh, we don't actually know what the Kumquat Hagen does is. <laughs> Um, see, these names are, are what, what kept me going. I mean, for instance, uh, the Chronicler, the Princess Sarutan. Okay. Are you guys old enough to remember what Sarutan is? No. Um, 
Not off the, I recognize it, but I don't remember. Okay, some of this stuff in this book is kind of dated. All right, Serotan was a um, laxative. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think they sponsored the um, Lawrence Welk show, if I'm not mistaken, at one point. <laughs> okay. And they always said at the end, and you guys might remember reading this in the book, they always said at the end of the commercial that Serotan is nature's spelled backwards. <laughs> Do you remember that in the yep. book? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nature's so, spelled backwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There the were a bunch of like product placement com- oh, yeah. comical things. And I was like, oh, that's that's really dated. Like, I know what it is, but it's really dated. Yeah. So. All right, I've got a, I've got a quote. Are we jumping quotes already? I'm going to throw it in because I, I liked it. There's some <laughs> stuff, other names I want to talk about. All right. All right, other names. Go, go, ahead. Ahead. go, go ahead. ahead. Tell your quote. You're, you're, in, a, you're in a passion talk. Right? I am. All right. Really, leap, go ahead. Leap in. Leap in. What sort of man was Duke Lotto Eggmanides? <laughs> <laughs> we we may say he was a brave man, yet a man who knew the value of caution. We may say he was possessed of a highly refined sense of humor, yet, like all leaders, was he no less capable of acts of duplicitous and sleazy? <laughs> we, we may say this, we may say that, indeed. We may say anything we want. We may say, for example, that he was a man, he was not a man at all, but rather a highly evolved bicycle. See, we may say just about anything. <laughs> and that was Princess Suratan. <laughs> I did read that. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a bicycle. I do like the names of some of the uh, guilds, like the, the Noam Chomsky. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the Travis Organizational Aba Mercantile Condominium Havatampa Ortho Novum Minahaha Shostavik Shostakovich. Yeah, Shostakovich. Categor- categorical Imperative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about all the great big houses? House Pancakes, House yep. of Seven, yep. Betty Grables, House uh, Rising Sun, and House Dressing. Let me tell you. Of those four, I want to be part of the house. House pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. I'm 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm with house pancakes. I'm with you there. That sounds like a great house to be a part <laughs> yep. of. <laughs> yeah. Although Betty Grable wouldn't be too bad either. No, but seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a bit much. Bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Schlepping Guild. Shopping guild, <laughs> the the besotted long haul truckers, and speak like the characters in the common way. And they yeah. like, they fold space, t- uh, bend space, tuck space, and shove space in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about like the space and guild. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. And Any other Alia, characters? Alia became Nelia. 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 Nail. Yeah, nail ya. Nail ya. Yeah, nail ya. The truly weird. The truly weird. <laughs> <laughs> the weirding. See, they brought in the weirding module. 
Yep. Yep. So straight from the movie. I know. Um, I like Flip Rotha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, that, and that their and that their battles were just insult battles. I yeah. like I liked that, and I, I even used some of the insults from them. Yeah, <laughs> your mom's your mom's like a pack a pack of gum, five sticks for a nickel. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> now, see, yeah. taken out of context, this stuff is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Taken out of you context. Know, <laughs> Uh, Shad up the fourth of the padded bra emperor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, the padded bra. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I don't. Um, I don't know if they could ever do a parody of Dune, and it would be like as funny as you'd want it to be. No. I, thing is, Dune is just too damn political and serious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yeah. you look at that and on one hand, to do a serious parody of it mm-hmm. um, takes away. Like this book takes away from the depth and the ingenuity and the commentary on politic- politics um, that we have in society. Doesn't mean it's not funny. It just means that, you know, I think it just takes away something. And I don't know that you could ever do a book like Dune. Mm-hmm. But. I did like that the, the, the Friedman men had, yeah. had uh, sweatpants outfits. And like they would That's say, not like the movie, isn't it? <laughs> and they had stuff that said just like <laughs> athletic club and stuff on them, like regular sweatshirt sayings. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. <laughs> but was Sweat there a loose in there? No, there did, was did, did, What did Gurney Hallett play? What was it? It was it was like a real instrument though, wasn't it, Jim? Oh gosh, I can't remember. It was it was lead player. He takes it out pretty early on. Yeah. That's and then never does again, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, the songs were so bad. Oh okay, well yeah. But you know, as you said earlier the Rickenbacker. Oh that's good- right. You know a Rickenbacker. If you can get a hold of a twelve-string Rickenbacker guitar, uh-huh. yeah. you have really got something. I was going to say, are we talking, are we talking like thousands of dollars? Yes. Uh, you remember that group, the Birds? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sound that they got was because of a twelve-string Rickenbacker guitar. Oh. And it, it is such a unique sound that they have never ever been able to duplicate with any other any other instrument. Did Rickenbacker only make? Uh, did Rickenbacker go out of business, or were they bought out, or what happened? You know, I honestly don't know. But yeah. uh, listen to the recording of uh, the bird singing, uh, Mister Tambourine Man, in particular. Oh, is and, that the? Uh, yeah. Oh, they still make guitars because they have a seventy seventy fifth anniversary. Oh, so. yeah. I can't imagine they'd be as good as that. That because that guitar they had that was just sweet. Yeah, you can you can buy a uh, nineteen sixty six Rickenbacker for about five grand. Yeah, only there's a nineteen sixty three Rickenbacker for six grand. 
What about the twelve string? Can you find that? Uh, you want twelve string? Now you're demanding, Jim. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, twelve string. Uh, you can get the uh, twelve string electric, but this is not the. No, that the twelve string electric was the um, five grand. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. There you go, Jim. So. Yep, I better start saving my nickels and dimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just start, to, to just start keep giving keep giving uh loot lessons for <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the thing of it is as far as guitar playing is concerned, um I know three chords and I own a capo. There that's good. That's all you need. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> hey, just so you know, and, it wasn't just Roger McGuinn uh of the birds that played it, but George Harrison played one. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hicks of the Hollies, uh, Mike Campbell of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers did. Huh. Carl Wilson huh. of the Beach Boys, Tom Petty did. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, Mike Rutherford of Genesis, Pete Townsend of the Who, Dave Davies of the Kinks. A lot of people use this guitar. Yeah, they they're they're. I don't know about modern ones, but the the old ones are absolutely sought after. Yeah. It was, um, let me see here. It was called the 360-12 semi-hollow semi body with the Rickenbacker copy. But, ah. So, <laughs> yeah. More to talk about this guitar than the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. We can talk about this. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, back to the book. Yes. Um, well, what else do we want to talk about this book? You got anything to add, Jim? Any favorite um, points of plot? Well, not really. I I <laughs> do have a comment that Chrissy made, though. Or shoot, you want to save that for feedback? Oh, we can do. You know what? We 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 do have um, the comment by Rick and and the comment by Chrissy, and we do have a listener feedback. We can kind of do that at the end here. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, but you have some quotes, I understand. I do. I have a couple of them. One of them is, this realization focused within him in a sudden spark-flash computation, and in the clear brilliance of that illumination, the boy Paul understood uh, profoundness. His life hitherto a child plaything devoid of direction, seemingly, or had there in fact always been a plan, a plan within a plan within a plan, whatever that meant, whatever that meant, whatever that meant, now was encompassed by a terrible purpose. He knew the meaning of the word terrible, and he knew the meaning of the word purpose, and therefore he understood the meaning of terrible purpose, <laughs> unless he, in the solitude of his deeply brain-filled mind, misunderstood this revelation, and was in fact confronted with a terrible papoose. What could that mean? That that comes <laughs> about, there's a, I think, I don't know if it's right before that or right after it, they're like, because there's... He was doing this and he was doing that, and that's when he realized he was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see, see, this is an example of, of of some of the the stuff that, like, making fun of the philosophical point of view. Because you, as all through Dune, the thing that impressed me over all the years from the first time I read it was plans within plans or plots within plots and so forth and so on. And uh, 
this was directly making fun of that, you know, whatever that meant, whatever that meant, whatever that meant. (laughs) So uh, the other quote I had was, he was a chef and slob, customer and cashier, lunatic assistant electrician, warrior and shortstop. He was a saint, yet he was a man. He was a highly respected leader, yet he was also a great disappointment. (laughs) He was not content until his people were free, yet he would not be happy until he had made his mother miserable. He strode across a ruckus like he owned the place. Who did he think he was? If he's so ineffable, let him write his own damn biography. From No More Princess Nice Guy, The Princess Saratan Story by The Princess Saratan. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I, that was my favorite quote out of the whole book. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, do we want to uh, do so? We do our own rating of the book, and then I have some good read yeah. stuff. All right. Yeah. Let's do, let's do our rating. Um, Jim, where would you rate this book? Uh, a solid one. Oh, yeah, me, uh, one. <laughs> Dave is just speechless. Well, I know I was going to say, but I'm not, and then I realized it's too high. I'm going to say a two and a half. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason Ooh. why. Here's the reason why I chuckled during it. I didn't hate it as much as I got bored. And there's a big difference. I hated Road to Doom. I never want to read that book ever again in my life. This, I could be forced to read again. I don't want to, but I could be forced. If you were like, you have to read Road to Dune, I might be like, it's over. I mean, I had a good run. I did a podcast for a while. It was, it was fun. I'll <laughs> see, see you. Like, no, no. I could read Road to Dune. Uh, I read it twice. I can read it again. So Yeah, I, I could I could read Road to Dune again, but I will never read this again. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I chuckled out loud. That's not easy to do. Do with you want mine as a coaster? I mean, I, <laughs> I already have one. I need two coasters. <laughs> hey, you always you and your friend company Company, like, hey, you want, my Dune, your, you want my Dune coaster? You could give text your me your away. address, David, and you'll have you'll have a complete set of coasters. <laughs> that's right, right, right. For three people. Three people. Wow. Yes. No, I didn't hate the thing. Uh, okay, but it just. It bored the hell out of me. Yeah. yeah. See, for me, I a mean, one, I could never say read the book. At a two, I could say, meh, I mean, read it if you want to. So, oh, man, I yeah. don't know if I can say that. I, I can't ever say read if, the book. If, you, if, if we met somebody who loves Dune, and they also are a total hipster, and they love microbrews, I would have been like, yeah, you might find this hilarious. <laughs> okay. They talk about beer. You like beer. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it's going to be hilarious. It was funnier. It, to me, it was funnier with things taken out of context. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Well, you know, uh, just uh, before we go into some lesser feedback, uh, maybe it's appropriate since we're kind of evaluating the book to talk about how this book did in Goodreads. Okay. All right. So, Goodreads, people gave this a 3.58 Oof. out of 5. So higher rating than any of us did. And um, what I want to do is I want to read the one guy that gave it a five-star rating, and then we'll do like one-star reviews. 
Like, okay. two, like two five-star reviews. And then we got some listener feedback. All right. All right. So this, is, this comes from Peter, right? And Peter said this. A brilliant parody of Frank Herbert's Dune. Wiener's mimicry of, of uh, Herbert's style is dead on accurate. How he managed to successfully parody a huge tome in such a relatively slender book is beyond me. I tried to read Dune at the age of 10, and I simply wasn't ready. I cried and threw the book across the room, not something I'd ever done before or since. I bore a grudge against Frank Herbert for years. When I read Dune, D-O-O-N, I was delighted at the skewering of Herbert's style and plotting. And yet somehow, it led me back to Dune again. I was much older by then, and now I was ready for it. The humor of Dune added a leaven of humor to Herbert's extremely complex and dense masterpiece. Dune lampooned Dune, literally, not by tearing it apart, uh, but not by tearing it apart. I'm not quite sure how to explain it, but Dune actually enhanced Dune, at least for me. Needless to say, you should read Dune, or at least a good chunk of it, as I did before reading Dune, D-O-O-N. I can't help but wonder if Herbert read Dune, and if so, what he thought of it. He's not considered one of science fiction's great humorists, but I've caught a few in-jokes in his works. Read the appendices to Dune carefully, and you'll catch one or two. I like to think he would have enjoyed Dune. That's a good question for Brian. Yeah, good question for Brian. Did he ever hmm. read Dune? Well, he's much more forgiving of Dune than I am. <laughs> but I tell you what, I do like—I do like how he like drew him back to Dune. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there certainly is an age level at reading these. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So you, let's you, look. There's no way a person could a ten year old can read and understand uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. Oh uh, yeah, it's I me mean, too. Kids are re- kids are reading Dork Diaries for crying out loud. Dune, come on. <laughs> yeah. So uh I'm gonna read let me read one one of the one stars and I'll read a two star. Um so Marianne said the way the author apes the writing style of Dune is immediately obvious, and what I read of it was quite clever. But the constant ridiculous, clever puns and almost mere like comparisons to the series were not dynamic enough for me to read the book. And that actually echoes a lot of what you're saying. The 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 dynamicness was missing. Mm-hmm. Have it. This came in from David. It came in. It was on Goodreads. I, uh, not you, different David. Uh, I commend, unless you look quite different, the picture doesn't <laughs> quite look. Different. I commend the author on a wonderful lampooning of Herbert's Dune. She captured and charactered Herbert's writing style to such an extent that I laughed out loud many times. However, it got old at some point, and I finished the book primarily because I wanted to see it through. Even so, I would still recommend Dune for the sake of its novelty. That was a two-star. Okay. And because they're short, let me read one of the three stars. It's been quite a while since I read the novel. Correction, massive novel, Dune, D-U-N-E. But I recall most of the segments of the original. Plus, I've seen David Lynch's movie once or twice. This is from Mike, by the way. A friend of me told me that this book told me of this book at least a year ago, and he and I share many likes in fiction and pop culture, including Board of the Rings. In in due course, I bought a used copy and put it on the to read pile where it sat for months until this past weekend. What all this is leading up to is that I wanted to and expected to really, really like this book. And while I liked quote unquote it, it and appreciate how the other took the original and created Dune from it, I didn't like it as much as I'd hoped I would. Is it me? Have I outgrown the pithy parody paperbacks? 
No, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. Heck, I'm still writing to bend the language to create alliterations. And it's not that cutting down and it's not that cutting down a humongous novel into a moderate length comic work inevitably falls flat. Lord of the Rings takes a full three volume set of Lord of the Rings down to one slim paperback with great success. Could it be that I no longer have my ear or mind attuned to the character patterns of the original and thus do not appreciate the cleverness and skill of the author? Actually, I did chuckle over most of the language twists and grew more pleased as I moved to the middle end of the book. And I caught myself anticipating how certain acts of the book would be written as they aped what was in the original. It's been a couple of days since I finished it, and after mulling it over, I have to conclude that it's just not as good as I thought it would be. From the beginning, I thought it was a bit flat, not unlike beer that's been left out for two or three <laughs> days. I had a familiar <laughs> feel to it, but most of the tang was missing. I kept hoping I would react better to the next page and chapter, but found the bulk of the book to be pretty consistent with the opening. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. I just didn't really like it. Um, I just didn't really like it. What I can't predict is how someone else might like or dislike the book. Mr. Wiener, translation of Dune is very good. His imagery and language are more than adequate. For those that know the original, how he chose to craft his parody is clever and ultimately perhaps the best fit of any possible one. While I don't want to spoil things for anybody, I do think that reading Dune without having read Dune is a foolish undertaking, even for someone doing comic analysis. How can you judge the effectiveness of one without knowing the other? Let's see how long this goes. Oh, just two more paragraphs. Personally, I thought the way Dune took and condensed the essential scenes of the original worked quite well into the last chapter or two. And then, like in many similar works, the author takes an extremely short cut to keep the length down and produce a quick outcome. And for the most part, that is fine. In this book, I would have liked a little more length, but that's a minor complaint. So when all is said and done, if you have a sense of humor, if you have read Dune, watching the movie isn't enough to appreciate the window dressing elements of the original or the parody. And if you aren't rabid about how great Frank Herbert was for ecological reasons, but that goes back to having a sense of humor, then you just might get a few laughs and some satisfaction out of reading this old but worthy book. If you're lucky, and I hope you are, you might experience side-splitting laughter and convulsive jerks as you double up in mirth. For myself, I think I will reread this book in a few months or a year. Perhaps it will grow in me, and I will remember to write a review of Board of the Rings. A lot of good stuff there. I mean, it kind of mirrored a lot of what we're saying. Yeah, much more, uh, yeah. You liked it a lot more than I think. I did not. You, yeah. I, hate, I hated it. Yeah. I, I, I hate it. Steak for dinner sometime yeah, soon? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jim, why don't you share your uh, feedback? Uh, okay. Uh, I had two bits of feedback. Um, one was from uh, Rick Tatro down, in, down there in Florida, Admiral Marius. And uh, I had posted on Facebook that I had finished reading the book, and I said it wasn't, I can't remember exactly, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and I really didn't enjoy it. And Rick came back very, very short time later with how disappointed he was that I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> but then again, he admitted that he was quite a bit younger when he read it. So he didn't, he, I don't think he was really sure how he'd feel about it if he read it again now. But he obviously had some fond memories of the book. Um, as I was reading the book, I had closed it and set it down, and Chrissy came over and picked it up off the table, and she looked at it, and she says, Dad, 
What's with the chef riding the giant pretzel and the other chef standing there watching? <laughs> I, all I could tell is, I don't know, kid. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I... Maybe maybe it is an age thing. Maybe you know, here I am encroaching on the in the mid forties, and maybe it, I just I'm losing my sense of humor. Yeah, might be, might be, might be, might be. Might be. Might so be. I'm just losing my. Forgot what fun is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Death and taxes. It's the old man yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? When I uh, leave, he's be like, "Get off my lawn." Yeah, <laughs> as I said, if they had done this in a comic book style with the drawings and the text bubbles and all that other stuff i think i would have enjoyed this a whole lot more i agree yeah i agree so what do we have for on our side? okay well so we have one uh we have one more this actually comes in from joseph fuller who i believe you know uh you know jim Oh yeah, we yeah. we talk back and forth all so the time. So we talk back no and joke. forth sometimes. Uh, so this is a message for him, and we thank you. He actually called this in soon after our other show. He missed our other show barely. I think it might have been the day after. But um, I'm going to read. We're going to listen to his message, and then we'll comment on it. So okay. hopefully you can hear this, Jim. Um, okay. Uh, and if you can't, um, we'll tell you the gist of it. If you can't hear okay. it for some reason, you should be able to. But um, this is a voicemail that comes from Joseph. So thanks, Joe, for uh, writing, for calling in. And let, let me go ahead and play his message. This is for the Doom Saga podcast. I just wanted to tell you, I, I listened to the show, and I agree with Scott, sadly. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, my opinion is, if you take Dreamer of Doom and Road to Doom as as a two-volume set, it's a lot better to read together than apart. Spice World was a little tough to read, uh, even though I listened to it. It was a tough to listen to. So. Uh, my name is Joseph, uh, Joseph Fuller. I just thought I'd give you a call back and keep on rocking, guys. So uh, thank you again for calling in. So. Yeah. He's on my side with Spice World. <laughs> Spice Planet. I, I like how he realizes that that's a bad thing, though. No, he, he, he said he's, sadly. No, sadly that he agrees with me. Yeah. What's with that? What's with that, Joe? Come on. Sadly, you agree with me? Maybe he just feels sad that he doesn't agree with you guys. Oh, so, maybe. He's like, I'm sad. Yeah, sadly, yeah. I agree with Scott. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> But he interesting. I don't know that I heard this. That he said if you pair it with Dreamer of Dune, mm -hmm. that this kind of works better. And I can see the I can, see, I, it, I can yeah. see the little vignettes, like how Dune got published and everything like that, fitting as being really a part of Dreamer of Dune. Right, and Dreamer of Dune is our next book, so yeah, yeah. I so guess that, we'll be able to comment on that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, um, but I do have to read and. So, Joe, just understand, this is in no way a reflection of you, but Google Translate loved your accent <laughs> and, 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 and did a bang-up job when it, when it did a transcript of your voicemail message. Yeah. And uh, can I read it? Yeah. Well, so just to give the audience a little bit of background, sometimes we don't play the, the stuff when we record. We just read the transcript, and we edit in the message later. Right. But uh, when you see what the transcript came through with this one... Oh, I just wanted to read this. Yeah. And this is the same message you just heard, so you could probably understand and pick up what he was actually saying. Yeah. But uh, this is his message, and 
He said, this is for the dude. Sorry, cast. I just wanted to tell you to <laughs> I just wanted to tell you I listened to the show and I agree with Scott. It's Ashley. Yes, this. Mom, can you use it if you tell you dreaming of days? And it's very to do as a <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we lost Jim. <laughs> and it's very and it's very to do first as a tube you are said it's a lot better to read together than apart. Spice World was a live press to read through though. I listened to it as it was a test loosen things. So my name is James Joseph Fuller. I just thought I'd give you a call back and keep <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd give you a call back and keep on rocking gas. <laughs> oh, oh man, keep on rocking gas. Yes, uh, you know if we if we keep eating what they have in Dune here, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be rocking gas. I think my favorite part. Is, my favorite part is it's Ashley. Like, it's, yeah, it's Ashley. It's yeah. a proclamation. Yeah. It's Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. And the reason the reason I'm laughing so hard is because Joe, Joseph is down there in North Carolina and 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 we've talked on on Skype once or twice and and I can just see the translator trying to figure all this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's <laughs> You know, it's it's like <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and Siri does the same thing. Like my daughter, because she's from Haiti, even though she speaks very clearly, she has that little accent that throws Siri off. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it, it, it writes the most hilarious things when it tries to translate it. And so this is not a reflection in any way of Joe. Oh, no, no. It's totally no, in the, the algorithm that they use to kind of translate it. Right. And it just came off as pretty hilarious. It does. <laughs> well, it does. Well, see, and my, my dad... Uh, oh, I would say probably where my dad is from is only is only about sixty or seventy miles from where Joseph lives. <laughs> okay, so you know, yeah. So I, you know, I'm used to the accent. I could listen to the guy all day and understand every single word he says, but this this, this transcript thing just kills me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But thanks again, Joe, for calling in and giving us your thoughts. And, and please do again. And especially for agreeing with me. That's the important thing. It was Ashley. <laughs> it was Ashley. It was definitely Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so we are reading Dreamer of Dune, which is the biography of Dune. What are you anticipating in this book, David? Oh, man. I am anticipating a look into what it was like. I don't know how much it does, uh, what it was like to grow up with a father. I, I want to see the father-son dynamic explored here between Brian and Frank. I, I'm hoping that he touches on it in the book. No, I agree. How could he not? I mean, he wrote it. So, right, right. So you would uh, think that that would be part of it. Yeah, to grow up with a emerging icon and how difficult that may have been. Or right. easy. And how difficult it was for Frank to deal with the uh, recognition Right. I mean, writers in general, it's just kind of like, it's kind of a different kind of like celebrity thing than, than, than an actor or 
or you know something because like, you see them doing the thing that they're known for, right? But with a writer, you don't see them. The work is totally separate from the person. Mm. I mean, generally, yeah. So, yeah. How about you, Jim? What are you looking forward to in the uh, Dreamer of Dune? Um. Well, I I would sure like to see what what kind of things went into what he thought about before he sat down and started writing this and what got him interested in in conservation and um and how we uh, really more or less how we got from spice world is that what it's called spice world spice planet uh spice planet how we got from spice planet to dune yeah yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, uh, we don't have much more to say, do we? Here, no. We should wrap up. You want to read the wrap up stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, I got it. I got it up here. I think I'm good. Okay. Good. Go so, all right. So, first off, we want to let you know that uh, we love hearing from you. So, if you want to leave some feedback on Dreamer of Dune, which is their next book that we'll be reviewing, or any book in the series or anything Dune related. Or about how ridiculous it is someone agreed with Scott. Whatever. You yeah. can hit us up. Hmm. We're on Twitter, at Dune Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com, Dune Podcast. You can go to our main hub, Dune or shoot us an email right on over at Dune Podcast at gmail.com. There's also a wonderful 1-800 number you can call and leave a voicemail. Technically, it's not 1-800, but you uh, can call it that if you want. Yeah, it's always, there's there's a hotline. It's a hotline. Hotline. <laughs> Uh, it's one, yeah, psst, oh, one, two, six, zero, five, seven, seven, chat. That's one, two, six, zero, five, seven, seven, two, four, two, eight. If this was, if this was like a radio station with like buttons to press, there'd be one where it's a hotline and be like, oh yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are the main ways to get in touch with us. Uh, we encourage you to do that because we love to hear from you. We love to respond to what you've got to say, good or bad. Um, Keep the emails coming about how great my beard is. Those are the best ones. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you to all our Patreon supporters. You can find us at patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can uh, choose to support us on a subscription basis for when we release uh, new episodes. Um, other than that, I think that's just about that's it. About it? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's about So, once again, for the Dune Soccer Podcast, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood, and may Shai Hulud clear the path before you. Oh, boy. And just remember, it's Ashley. <laughs> it's Ashley. Steak for dinner sometime soon. Yep. It's Ashley. <laughs>